Luna, psychology researcher and educator. And I'm Brian Luna, paranormal researcher and educator. And you're listening to Talk Psych to Me. A show where we take research out of the lab and into the street. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fitting in time for Halloween. Yes. You today is Halloween. What's fitting for today? Um, which is Halloween. Yes. Costumes. Costumes. Mm-hmm. We are currently Candy. dressed as skeletons. skeletons. We're also going to talk about a spooky subject. Ooh. What can be spookier than relationship problems? Zombies. Ghosts. <laughs> poltergeists. People in human face masks. You know why I what? disagree? Because what? those things are imaginary and relationship problems are real. Um, you've obviously never been to Texas. So. <laughs> What's it? Zombies. All those things. All those things. All, all that stuff. Yeah. Now, let's get into it. So, so today we're talking about the psychology of relationships. Oh, relationship problems. What we're going to talk about is one of my favorite psychologists, John Gottman. Mm -hmm. He has this concept of the four horsemen of the apocalypse in relationships. And so I thought today we can talk about the horsemen. Since this is Halloween, can we call him John Goulman? I'll have to check with John Ghostman. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know why I picked this topic? Because we're having problems and I don't know about it. (laughs) And I'm completely unaware. (laughs) Because the four horsemen are behind me and I'm like... More comics. <laughs> no. Uh, it's because we started watching 90 Day Fiance. No, we didn't. <laughs> Why are you trying to mess up my... You know, I got people out there depending on me to, you know, to have a certain rep. You know what I mean? You can't tell everybody I'm watching 90 Day Are we going to keep that? Okay. So those people that are depending on you, mm-hmm. you'd prefer that they are living a lie. Nah, I love that show. Why 90 Day Fiance. Why do you like that show? It doesn't seem like the kind of show we would like. I honestly thought that I would, you know, stay for the train wrecks and go to the bathroom doing the love stuff. But it turns out it's the other way around. You and I both know we hit pause anytime any one of us needed to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yes, yes. We paused and we watched in batches and bulks and binges and all kinds of other stuff. I'm a huge fan of that show. One of the things I thought was kind of cool about that show is that it can be an educational opportunity. But I thought that today, if we can look at some of the more concrete diagnostics of what goes wrong in a relationship, we can be better viewers of 90 Day Fiance, and we can be better at the negative experiences in our own relationship. Do you want to (laughs) guess what the four horsemen are? Yes. Wrath, plague. (laughs) In relationships. Oh, and war. Uh, Trust. Wrath, pestilence, plague, and war? That sounds like 2020. I'm telling you, I keep looking out the window and a pale horse and the man they rode on him was death. So I'm going to say trust, finances. I'm still going to throw plague in there. And then uh, I'm going to say communication, il communicado. You had zero right out of a possible four. So here, right, were, so here were John Gottman's four Let me see if I agree with Ghostman. And he is so good at this. Well, let's he see. He says that he almost never gets invited to parties anymore, not just because there's a pandemic. But because he's, he's so a lame ass, he's like, this is what's wrong with your relationship. No, he's so good at predicting okay, let's see. within just a few minutes whether a couple will stay together. I think it's something like 98% accuracy. And I bet you $11 right now cash that this dude is single. But go ahead. No, four, four, give me the four um, horsemen. Number one, criticism. Oh. Number right. two, contempt, which is the facial expression you just gave me. Whatever. Okay. All right. Uh, maybe. So whatever. He's... That's actually an example of contempt. <laughs> uh, number three, defensiveness. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And number four, Number four, (laughs) stonewalling. I find that hard to believe, and I I refuse to go forward with this conversation. (laughs) 
So what I'd love to do is break down each of these, okay. share some examples of what you do. Wait, why are you talking to me like we're in therapy? <laughs> like you're trying to fix me. We're talking here. This is a this podcast. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So together we're going to talk about, we'll define each of these. We'll share some examples either from our own lives or from 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> I don't like the way you're looking at me, Dudina. Get off your high horse. I am not and one of the horse people. No, I I just don't like the way you're looking at me. You're talking like you're educating me. <laughs> no. Here. All right, let's I go. I have just as much to learn. So we're going to talk about the horsemen. Okay. Or is it more inclusive horse to say people? horse people? Yeah. Or the, why don't we just riders? call them horses? Well, because the horses aren't to blame. We don't know that. Why do you have to blame the animals? <laughs> okay, jeez. It's <laughs> the riders. And then we're going to talk about some antidotes. Okay. And then we're going to go trick-or-treating. How's no, that sound? Not. Are we really going to trick Just with each other. Man, why <laughs> because, are you going to say people? See the other horse people. Plague. plague. All right, let's start with criticism. Uh-huh. Brian, how would you define criticism? Um, uh, Saturday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I didn't say when is criticism. Oh, oh, oh. I, what is criticism? Criticism is the act of giving uh, someone negative feedback, uh, hopefully constructive negative feedback. Are you you're already you're already criticizing me? You put up a finger to interrupt me, so please tell me what did I get wrong so far in criticism? Are you listening to? Is everyone leaning in at this point? Go ahead, please. So negative, yeah. uh-huh. yes, agreed. However, Gottman does make a distinction between criticism and feedback. So if I say, for example, something like, "I noticed that you put the dishes in the sink without rinsing them out," and I mention it because it means that the stuff is going to stick to the dish and it's going to be harder to clean later. That wouldn't be considered criticism. Criticism would be something like, "You are a sloppy person. You are a horrible person to live." Okay, so it's you are blurry. Okay, on, so I'm it's done. blurry feedback. You are hey, someone... hey, this sounds a little personal. <laughs> <laughs> it's blurry feedback. Yeah. Personal attacks. That's hardly criticism. If I wrote a play and I'm getting criticism for it, critiquing it. Criticizing what the term I'm telling you, Gottman doesn't know what he's talking about. Gottman's, you know, he's over there okay, single what, telling people what they know about what's wrong with There's their relationships. Wrong with being single. There's nothing wrong if I'm not, if, if I'm, look, if I don't know how to cook it, I'm not going to teach you how to, how to make a cake. You know what I'm saying? So I think he needs to chill. No one cooks a cake. See, exactly my point. So what would you call it? Because I agree with you. You can have constructive Well, I think it's a little more of an attack. So you and I give each other feedback quite often. I mean, I've been on the other side of that. I don't know that I have boxes of feedback in the basement. I'm just saying. you're saying you're filing away my feedback rather than acting on it? I didn't say that. (laughs) Would you say we ever do personal attacks? We do. Sometimes it's joking, but like we also confuse ourselves. And we start off joking and then we're like, don't confuse yourself. Yeah. And then it turns into an actual argument. Yeah, like the other like day we, when you called me a bonehead and it wasn't when I was wearing a skeleton costume. Oh, or the I other was... day when we were playing a game and you called me a mother effer. Right. While we were playing Sorry, which is one of the most family games I've ever played in <laughs> my life. To be fair, I did say sorry afterwards. <laughs> yeah, but I think you was, thought you were playing the game. So jokingly, I'd say we do this. Yes. I think we've been pretty good over the past decade yeah, or so we, yeah. to not do name calling. No, oh, yeah, that's a big thing. When we're arguing, we do not name call. But John Gottman was also the researcher that found that. Here we that... go, dropping this case. <laughs> Today's all about Gottman. <laughs> Relationships that are most resilient mm-hmm. have a five to one ratio of positive Positivity to negativity. Mm -hmm. So I would say even when we're just being concrete with Mm -hmm. our feedback, sometimes one of us will be like, hey, that's a little too much negativity. We'll amplify it on the positive. Okay, so number two, contempt. How would you define contempt? Isn't that just like hate or like a strong level of dislike? I would say particularly with an element of superiority. Like, I know better than you. (laughs) Wait, okay. I know better than you, or Mm -hmm. you don't know what you're talking about. There's like a demeaning element to it. Uh Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Just because I fact-check <laughs> things you say doesn't mean that I harbor contempt. I just have a dedication Maybe to Maybe you don't harbor it, accuracy. but it's in your it's definitely near your harbor. It's floating around <laughs> out there in that lake. Yeah. So right now you're giving me some major contempt. Am I? Yeah. Am I? I'm, okay. All right. Fine. Okay. Do you remember one of the things that, well, of course you remember, because this is something we've been talking about. That's also a Gottman thing. The eye roll. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were just about to do it. <laughs> no, no, no. I wasn't. Okay. I had something. My, my I have allergies. <laughs> you have like an allergy that requires mm-hmm. you to I have to moisten. I have to moisten around. my eyeballs. Otherwise, they get all gummed up. <laughs> and I heard like a little, it sounded like uh, someone let the air out of you. <laughs> That there's some contempt. It's my breathing exercise. <laughs> so Gottman actually had couples bicker with each other or argue with each other, typically about finances. Mm-hmm. One of your writers. Do you know why he had couples do this? Because he's single. <laughs> Keep going. So he would actually like tape them to these chairs. And so they would have to sit there and argue with each other while cameras were filming. Their <laughs> monitoring their heart rate. Is this online? If not, we should recreate it. Yeah. So any volunteers out there who want to get together? And t- I thought I meant us. I feel like it would be really fun to like duct tape ourselves to some chairs. Yeah, we'd be goofy. We'd start laughing. And, you know, it and so one of the things that he noticed is that eye rolling is one of the biggest predictors mm-hmm. of divorce. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. Which is why since the beginning, we've been very yep. vigilant with each other's eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And we'll actually catch each other. On the up mm-hmm. of the roll. Yeah, we have a rule. You can eye roll, but you can't do a whole completion. You can't do a you whole can look orbit. Up. Yeah, you can be like, ah, and look up, but they have to come back to one. In the so, same. In the same direction. So they have to go up to like a quarter and then they can come back down. If they go all the <laughs> way to the other side, that's an eye roll. And that's, no, that's a big no. You want to hear something wild? Yeah. So it turns out that when couples experience more feelings of contempt in their relationships, Mm -hmm. they actually had immune system weakness. They had weakened ability to fight off infection. Because of contempt? More contempt. What? Okay. Talk to me about that. So I think, remember a long time ago, we talked about epigenetics. I think when we talked about popularity. Probably. I think that when we feel contempt, we start to distance each other. Mm-hmm. And what our bodies do when we feel a sense of loneliness is we start to prepare for being attacked by wild animals. Interesting. Yeah. Because, because we've evolved be that, yeah. to when we feel close to each other, we're much better at fighting off viruses. Mm-hmm. When we're far apart from each other, our bodies actually aren't good at fighting off viruses because we're lonely. We're not around anyone. And so we become better at fighting infection. Like, for example, if a saber tooth bit off your arm. Okay. So maybe there's something about contempt in a relationship which that in 2020 a feeling of is still a possibility. So, Both of those. Yeah. So right now, as we're in this pandemic and we're all separated from one another, yeah. Are you saying that the people who are on their own, it's going to be harder for them to fend off colds and flu? That's what the research says in terms of epigenetics that it happens particularly when you feel the emotion of loneliness. So I don't know if it's just about being alone or if it's about feeling alone. Interesting, because I wonder what that what that's going to be like if the whole idea for us to separate from one another to keep the virus at bay. Right. It might have an impact on our immune system yeah. response. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about antidotes, but one place you can start is stop rolling your eyes at people. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> if I, when vaccine. I'm not rolling, I save all of my eye rolls since we can't do it here. I dish them out to people when I'm driving. Or something like that. I'm handing out also, eye rolls. Also, do you think because we don't roll our eyes at each other, we do it more with other people? I've seen you do it with Huckleberry and the Pig quite a bit. 
So, yeah. <laughs> well, they are worthy of contempt. I don't know if you all can hear them right now. They're both napping in the room with us. And Huckleberry is very... Very cute. She's actually sleeping with a smile on her face and breathing very contently. Contempt, but not contemptuously. Not contemptuously. <laughs> all right. Number three, defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Definition? Like, I guess physically it looks like crossing over your arms, a lot of negating. You're like, nope, nope, that's not true because, or yeah, 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 but let me tell you why and things like that. Yeah. And from Gottman's definitions, one of the things I like is that he brings up that defensiveness is all about seeing yourself as the victim. Okay. So yeah, that in that sense. moment, everything you're doing is designed unintentionally or intentionally to show that you were right and the other person was wrong or that you are being falsely accused. Okay. Any examples of defensiveness in our relationship? Well, <laughs> yeah, you, you get defensive quite a bit. I do not. Yeah. <laughs> not every time. I'm saying that the times that you've been wrong, you first put up your shield. You know, you grab the vibranium shield, you put it up there. What did you just say? Vibranium shield. Yeah. And what is that? Captain America shield oh, is made okay, of vibranium. Okay, got it. yeah. It's the most rare natural metal in the Marvel Universe. Oh, but it's not natural, is it? Because it's imaginary? To you it is. But <laughs> I get that. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. I do get a little bit of shields. Yeah, I think we develop these defense mechanisms depending on how we were raised. You know, if you were raised kind of having to defend your position, whether physically or emotionally, then yeah, you have these now. And even with someone as close as we are, you still have them, you know, to an extent, not as great. It makes me think of like when you are injured somewhere is this a threat <laughs> wait why me why do you say when i'm injured when somewhere one gets okay, hurt there you go let's say like remember that time that you busted <laughs> my finger and it no. was <laughs> what i busted your finger <laughs> like a little crooked still oh you mean when i was teaching you how to catch a football and you wanted to do it your way yes i do <laughs> this remember is all that. experiential learning this today. is all experience modeling <laughs> but i busted i love seeing you see <laughs> Exactly. I just wanted to this show people exactly what, what we're talking like about. This is exactly what we're talking about. Okay, let me reframe that. Do you remember when I got hurt? <laughs> Do you remember when I got hurt? I yes. was trying to actually, my example was meant to show that I agree with the point that you made. Okay. And that I thought it was a wise point. So when we were playing when football. When we, yeah, because I wasn't yeah, throwing footballs at I, people that weren't playing with me. <laughs> so go ahead. And I willingly, voluntarily caught the football, <laughs> broke my finger. Yes. It's still crooked. For a long time, anytime anyone uh-huh. would go, like, near, the go finger. near the finger, I would mm-hmm. immediately get really protective. Yeah. So I think you're right. The defensiveness isn't like this objective blanket thing. Mm-hmm. It's our defensiveness is really personalized based on where Absolutely. we've gotten hurt before. Absolutely. Because not every, ever, otherwise it'd be an easy fix if everyone was defensive by a certain thing. Yeah. But uh, we're all triggered by different mm, things. That's a good point. So it's almost like we're all, this is a horrible analogy or metaphor, but it's like we're all walking around with like cuts and bruises and scars. No, we but are. But they're invisible. No, and absolutely. And so you never quite know when all of a sudden you're going to touch someone mm-hmm. and they're going to be like, ouch. And you're like, yeah. well, what are you, why does that hurt? I don't know why I agreed with you, like Christopher Walken there. I was like, no, of course. I don't know why. <laughs> no, my voice got really high. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's true. I mean, like we've all been hurt in different ways. All right. And then moving on to rider four mm-hmm. of four, stonewalling. Yeah. How would you, how would you define it? Stonewalling is just putting up like just literally a stone wall and the conversation or the literally. idea or can't go up, can't go any further. In other words, stopping things, stopping any kind of progression or any kind of problem solving. Yeah. What Gottman has found is that people who use stonewalling often as a coping mechanism are experiencing what he calls emotional flooding. So it's like you get so 
overwhelmed with thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. that the only way that you can handle it is to sort of shut down and either walk away or yeah, just I can see that. sit there without communicating. This is one that you used to do a lot more yeah. than you do now. So what was going on? Stonewalling could also be leaving. That was my kind of MO a lot growing up is that whenever I was in a relationship or something, it wasn't going well. My first instinct would be like, all right, well, I'm going to bounce. But again, it goes back to how I was raised and that mm-hmm. fear of abandonment and stuff like that. Like you leave first before anyone. So that oh, was my stonewalling. My stonewalling was was pulling myself out of the situation so that the conversation couldn't get any further. Uh, so we developed a rule right off the bat. We can't walk away from a fight. We can't go to bed angry, which was a terrible rule. That was a bad rule. <laughs> bad we'll talk rule. about antidotes in a moment. Yeah. I think go to bed, go to bed angry. Go to bed angry, get some sleep. If you're angry, go to bed. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, okay. So, yes, in the very beginning, I think it was super helpful that we said you can't walk away. Why? I'll tell you why. Because in the beginning, what that did was develop our trust. It developed the idea that no matter what happens, we're not going anywhere. So that was really cool. Okay. So of these four, Mm -hmm. we'll do it like newlywed game show style. Mm -hmm. Okay. So of these four, we're each going to pick what our own defenses are, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to say what the other person's most common defenses. Okay. So it was contempt, defensiveness, stonewalling, uh, stonewalling, and and criticism. Criticism. Okay. So how do we do this? Okay. So so just decide in your mind. On mine, what mine is and what yours is. Yeah. Okay. Just one? Okay. Okay. Right, uh, yeah. Okay. So on the count of three, let's say what yours is. Okay. One, two, two three. three. Defensiveness. Stonewalling. Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Okay. Ready? Let's yours. On the count of three, mine. One, One two, two, three. three. Defensiveness. Defensiveness. Okay. <laughs> so you lose. I think I've gone away from stonewalling. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think. I, I don't think I stonewall as much. I anymore. think for sure you've gotten much better. We can both improve in the defensiveness i think i think i still get defensive yeah okay so let's talk about antidotes to each of these because i think i'm okay with (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to (laughs) because i think most of these we well all of these we have done yeah most of these we have some good tools around yeah that we can talk about in other words we can teach gottman a thing or two And then, obviously, defensiveness, we could still get better. So let's talk about our own antidotes, and okay. let's talk about Gottman's research and his findings. Okay. Okay. So let's start with criticism. Uh-huh. How do you get out of that trap, the criticism trap? Anytime you want to give criticism to somebody, you got to give them a positive, too, and see if... So I have to be like, I noticed that you left the dishes in the sink, but also... I, I noticed, noticed that, that you finished all your meal. Yay! <laughs> That's good, boy. Well, I'm gonna praise you for finishing your meal. You're not my kid. <laughs> no, I'm you just can saying. Do whatever you want with that. It doesn't meal. necessarily have to be a kid thing. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that, like, if if you're leaning towards the negative all the time, that you at least balance it out. You know, like what you were saying was five to one. Yeah. Um, maybe make it five to two to start. Like you have to start. <laughs> no, I'm saying like yeah. if, for, for every but five, it have you have to be to, right there in that conversation. Okay. Maybe it doesn't, but you have to at least come back the same day. You know, I think early on in our relationship, one thing that I thought was really cool is that we would actually say, I cleaned. Could you please, you know, acknowledge that I cleaned? And that was great because I feel like in the past I would wait for someone to say something nice or mm-hmm. acknowledge that I did something good. But with us, we'll just be like, hey, I want recognition. Hey, I want yeah, reinforcement. Yeah, we did. Like, oh, that's <laughs> right. We still do that because you were just like, um, can I get some acknowledgement for cleaning off my plate? 
You know, like, hello. Clean uh, off my plate. Like, again. Uh, like, no, rinsing off my plate. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've been doing it. Like, yeah. that's actually that's actually a real thing. You know, yeah. like, that Tanya's brought up to me. Because I just leave that shit in the sink until it walks away. So gross. Um, it is gross. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think the other cool thing that we do on the criticism front Oh, is sorry. I have thought of another one. Interrupting the fifth. No, 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 no. Sorry. I've just thought one of our a real life scenario is used to, like the little girl from Signs, you wouldn't finish all of your drinks. And they would be all over the house. I would just leave like... Half a glass of water in every right. room, or, or not even a glass of water, like a little can, little thing in your in your can of Lacroix, right? So yeah. like, and, and I'd go to grab it, thinking it was empty, <laughs> and I'd be wearing raspberry cranberry slight hint of of those flavors. Or when I take out the trash, it would leak all over me because half the cans. Yeah, were... I think it's clear what the issue. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we needed specifics. So, uh, but but and you were like, um. Hello, have you noticed any any liquid flying all over the place? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right, you're right, thank you. That So that, I think, is a good relationship norm, that when we aren't getting enough positive from each other, we'll actually request it. Yeah. Which is nice. And I think the other good thing that has worked is when I get too critical, you call me Miss Petrova, which is my mom. <laughs> Which is really helpful because honestly, I come from a very critical home culture. (laughs) Most things that my mother says are negative. Hey, mom. Hi, Monka. It's very helpful sometimes, Mm -hmm. but can be a little overwhelming if that's all you hear. So Mm -hmm. there have been times where if the first three things they say to you in the morning are negative, you'll be like, Hey, Miss Petrova. <laughs> Can I talk to Tanya? <laughs> I want to talk to Tanya. So what another cool thing that that does is set a norm to do that, yeah. right? So it makes it a little more playful. Once you establish like that, that's really what people want is acknowledgement, yeah. right? So if you break that down and be vulnerable and be like, can I get some acknowledgement there? It's not annoying. It's actually very helpful to be like, oh yeah, that's what people need. And I should be doing that more for someone I actually care about, you know, and and I should be asking for it because that's what I want. One other thing on the criticism front, because this is one that I can get into because of how, especially I get stressed. You know what happens. I get stressed and I just want to fix things. I want to fix everything around me. And that means that I go into criticism mode. Mm -hmm. So particularly in the mornings, I've been focusing on starting positive. Oh, nice. I'll almost never say anything negative in the morning. I can't wait to see that. (laughs) Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, One other thing on the criticism front is uh, (laughs) making sure that you're speaking from the I, like this is what I need. This Mm -hmm. is what I notice versus here's who you are. Yes. 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 So point that finger to yourself. What do they say? When you point at someone, you got four little bad boys pointing right back at you. Is that what they say? I think so. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. In the past, we've talked about James Pennybaker's research on I versus you pronouns. He found that when people use you pronouns, often it's often because they're coming from a place of feeling more power Mm. than the other person. So there's something about hearing that I Mm. pronoun. It's also vulnerable, right? That feels more vulnerable, that reduces defensiveness. All right. So that's criticism, contempt. I think very similar antidote, the five to one ratio building that culture of appreciation. So Gottman talks a lot about couples proactively thinking each other, proactively calling out nice things mm-hmm. about each other. Like, what would you like to thank me for? Or Well, I feel like I've been praising you too much in this podcast <laughs> right now. As is, So I'm going to give you a negative. I'm just going to give you like a, like a, okay. uh, you drink my drinks without asking. <laughs> and I'm not, I know we're in a relationship. What but happened I, to I, I statements? I, I would like 
you to ask me for sips, especially a Big Red and Dr. Pepper, instead of just like reaching over and grabbing it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that feedback. <laughs> I just feel like I've been giving, praising you too much. <laughs> I actually, let me just check my notes here. Yep. Nothing here says you can overdo it. <laughs> there's nothing, there's no scientific finding that shows that you can say too many good things to your partner. I'll call Gottman and see what he says. <laughs> Okay, let's go to defensiveness. This is obviously the one that we need some help with. What are some antidotes for defensiveness? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, know, if I had antidotes, baby, I wouldn't be defensive. Uh, Let's talk about what not to do. We we're pretty good at spotting in 90 Day Fiance when someone's really bad at apologizing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here's a, here's a good one. When you apologize, short. Everyone has that add-on, that tag-on, right? It's like when you have a really good pizza and you're like, "Wow, this is really good pizza." And then someone's like, "You know, it'd be really good on this pizza: pineapple and onion." And you're like, "What the hell? It was so good right there. You should have just stopped at that." And <laughs> I feel don't like put- you're using a metaphor of a complicated so thing my to explain is, a simple thing. My point is, is that when you're apologizing, just apologize. I effed up. Not. I did that because you yeah. initially were the one who did this. Or but I'm here's sorry my sorry. I'm sorry I... you took it that way. Oh my God, it's the worst. I'm sorry you took it that way. Or I'm sorry, but. I'm sorry, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Don't okay, apologize so to my butt. Apologize to me. I'm sorry, <laughs> Brian, because. And that's it. And then you just leave it. And we both do that. We both still hang in there for a little bit of explanation. That's not necessary. Because an apology is just that. And I'm sorry, yeah. I effed up. You know, and it shouldn't be like, I'm sorry, I effed up because you did this. So as you're talking about that, what I'm realizing is that the reason I think, at least for myself, I get defensive is I want to apologize. I want to own it. But I don't want you leaving with the wrong impression. That you're wrong? (laughs) (laughs) That you're wrong sometimes? I can can deal with that. I can live with that. If you say something like, and you weren't thinking about me when you made that decision, I'm like, Oh, but that's not true. I, I was totally it. thinking about you. So if I just apologize, then what's my opportunity to make sure that you know that I was thinking about you? The apology and then a separate conversation. Okay. Boom. And then this is this is what I, I think don't that want, that would be the, an apology and then hey, I don't want you thinking that I wasn't thinking about you. Okay. Uh, I'm not making excuses, but this is what this is. And what bring really it up happened. when we're not all fired. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Okay. I can do that. I can do that. Okay. So that's what I'm going to commit to. What I'm going to commit to just clean, full stop apology, separate conversation. If yeah. I feel worried that there was we, a misunderstanding. We will, you're not going to take my suggestion and be like, okay, I'll do that. What are you no. going to work on? Is that also what you Yes. Do? Okay. So you'll also do my thing. We'll Ow, both do thing. Thing. We just do. <laughs> Y'all. Damn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Stonewalling. Last yes. but not least, what is the antidote? Stay in the pocket. Don't be one of those uh, QBs with fleet feet. It's not important to sit in your emotions and your feelings. That's not the important thing. It's our coexisting that's the most important. Mm. Because if I sit here and I'm just pissed all day, that's going to affect you. That's going to affect the dogs. It's going to affect Loki. It's going to affect Outlaw Josie. You know, it's going to affect everything. But if I'm anxious to let go of what may, what's making me angry and be willing to talk about it, and then we have more times for horror films and video games. and <laughs> So books. I think what you're bringing up is so interesting because there's this tension that lies between when you're in that emotionally flooded space. Mm-hmm. As you said, are you able to just say... I like how you it's emotionally flooded and I'm like pissed. <laughs> Whatever it is. I generally don't stonewall. Like I'm almost always ready to just, I'm like, let's yeah, yeah, talk about it. So I'm trying to empathize here 
All right, all right. I get it. I get it. I get it. So you feel the feels, right? I'm Stonewall Jackson, and you're and you're you're not. I get it. (laughs) Your recommendation is like just get over it. That's easier said than done. What I'm saying is put value on the on the us, and you know if all the value is on you and how you're feeling, and that's important to be right and get everything across. You know, sometimes you're going to have to just let stuff go and then come up with a solution down the road, but you can't do that if you're stonewalled if you're built I a little fort. What you're bringing up is like when we are upset and we are in a relationship, all of a sudden our point of view shifts from the relationship us into me, mm-hmm. right? How am I feeling? How did this person hurt me? How right. and so you're saying shift the focus back on the us. It may not happen right away. I get yeah. that. I've needed time to cool off, but just don't let that cool off time period be Hours and days, yeah. you know? So Gottman's recommendation actually is that you do take a break. He and his team did this fake break study where they had a couple get into a fight. They did, oh my gosh, they've done such really, the Gottman Institute. So how do they make couples research. get into fights? I mean, did they Are actually. You we just got into like four fights just. <laughs> no, but my point is, is that we did it with episode. a smile on our face. And yeah. like, how do you, like, if we were, like, if we were forced to be in a room and they were like, okay, y'all fight, we'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're dumb, and then and then we'd have to like start a fight. We we wouldn't have it. How do they? So a lot of the work that they do is they'll actually have people living together in kind of like a fake apartment where there are cameras and microphones mm-hmm. all over the place. So basically, you start to forget that someone is watching. Maybe the other or, thing or they'll I, do is right. they'll ask people to bring up a topic that is a really contentious topic. In this particular case, they had people arguing. I can't remember what the study was. I think it was about finances or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they would say, "Oh, we have an equipment malfunction," and they would separate the couple the fighting couple for 30 minutes and what they found is that the couples that were in this fake break condition Mm -hmm. were much more effective at after the break resolving their issue amicably Mm -hmm. versus the couples that were allowed to just stay in the pocket keep keep going keep going they would just escalate 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 and get worse yeah so what's interesting about that is I think that when you start to feel the stonewalling kick in mm-hmm. or any of these others, criticism, contempt, defensiveness, actually intentionally taking a break could be your best route. Yeah. That was one of the things that was so interesting with us early on is that even though we committed to like, don't walk away, mm. stay in it, I do think that was really good, but it wasn't really sustainable because yeah. after some period of time we realized, oh, hey, when I go to wash my hands, all of a sudden we come back and the argument isn't as big a deal anymore. Do you remember we used to fall asleep, like napping, and, and that was like our break? <laughs> the worst is when we were having like a really heated conversation <laughs> late into the night and then I'd realize that you were snoring or you'd realize that I had fallen asleep. And, and I then, totally remember like... Oh my God, like, we used to get so... We used to get so... Uh, what did you call it? We used to get so emotionally flooded. <laughs> With one another. And I still Ugh. remember that feeling of like my eyes just being so heavy and being like, just don't fall asleep, don't fall yeah, asleep. Yeah. And then I'd wake up and you'd be like, or like <laughs> halfway through the conversation already, and I'd be like, crap, crap, crap. How do I catch up? What did he just say? <laughs> or I, I'd snap awake and be like, uh-huh. And you wouldn't be talking. And I'd be like, hello? <laughs> do, do, yes, I'm listening. And you'd be like, you fell asleep. And I'd be like, no, I didn't. It's always I, a giveaway when you go, hello? <laughs> Because people don't because, say that. No, because we were in the dark in, in our bedroom. Remember? <laughs> I'd be like, you know, hello? I'm listening. Hello? Finish what you were saying. many, many years ago. Uh, these days, and you would be like, I finished 15 minutes <laughs> These days, I think we have learned to take better breaks. <laughs> 
And this is one of the things that Gottman found that I th- I found yeah. really inspiring was that couples, the other really great predictor of relationship resilience is de-escalation skills. Are you good at noticing when the argument is getting more and more and more heated? And does one of you actually intentionally call a break or mm-hmm. do something to kind of reel back? The dogs are a huge help because we would be like, I'm going to go walk the dog. I'm going to take the dogs around the block. And we knew that that had to happen. The dogs need to go outside. Or it's always good for them. Yeah, but so it was also like, yeah, it was, but it was just a, a good, like, neutral zone kind of thing. Breathe. Yeah. And then we'd come back in, different scenario. Maybe I'd come in and you'd be like, well, are you hungry? And I'd be like, yeah, I can eat something. You know, <laughs> let's order something or let's. One of us will often make a joke. That's something else. This is. Which a, one of us? This is usually me. The, <laughs> <laughs> I'm clearly known as the funny one. You are, you are, you're hilarious. You, but I'm just saying, like that's that's more my that's one of my old defense mechanisms trying to make yeah. me laugh. And that's a really really good one, but it's a risky one. Oh my god! I told you where I learned that. I learned that when my mom, when we were kids, she would get really emotionally flooded. Like <laughs> she would get so emotionally flooded, boy, she, that flood would actually get on you. So if you wanted to avoid that emotional flood. You had to build a raft of jokes. Oh. So yeah, so I used to I used to make if I can make my mom laugh before she hit me. I was in the clear. This board. is why you're funny. That's so I don't know if that's sad. why I'm clear. I don't know if that's why I'm funny. I don't think I'm that funny. But talk about defense. I mechanism. can tell you that when if I can make my mom laugh, I had a short window. <laughs> that was risky. That's all I could do. That's I, I, it's all I had because oh she was faster than me. Well, thank you to your mother and her emotional floods because <laughs> as a result, we have Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it was so What's the deal with... <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that that's how you developed No, I mean, look, it, it's... Uh, I don't regret it. It was the norm. It was just... It was the where when I grew up and I the will, where. I will try. Cultural. I do try to make jokes when you're upset with me. I'd say it's like a 60-40. 60% of the time it works. 40% No, no, no. Yeah, I think it's it like 80-20. Yeah, I think it's like 80-20 because sometimes your jokes are about what we're fighting about. And that's not too soon. It's just yeah, it's not the right material. Like you need to know your audience too. Last thing, just to point out here in John Gottman's research, is he found that couples that were really good at de-escalating had like a timeout word. Do we have a timeout word? Kind of feel like we stop tried. choking me. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Like, don't you feel like we tried to have a timeout word? No, I don't think we had a word. I don't. I think that's. I think we did, but we forgot what it was. I don't. Yeah, timeout words. Look, if if you're with each other long enough, do you need a vocabulary for yes. it? Do you need it? Okay. All right, John Gottman. Well, John Gottman, I'm in a relationship, actual one. Do you want me to look up? Hold on. How long has John? What if you see that he's been married five times? Well, he's obviously very good at getting married. At being married. Okay, the internet says that mm-hmm. Julie and John Gottman, who are still together, mm-hmm. got married in 1987. Okay, but is it happily married? It doesn't say. Yeah, because it could be like he's a little know-it-all. Oh, what if they're just mm. like trapped in that relationship yeah. because it would be so because, bad for their Because business. it's bad for book sales. I have so much respect for the Gottman Institute. Please disregard everything that my husband is saying. <laughs> Gottmans, I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm sure y'all are very happy. I'm just putting up a stone wall for my... It's my defense mechanism. All right. And don't worry. I feel so much contempt and I will be criticizing Brian about this later.
I thought for sure he was single like Sunday morning. Yeah. All right. All right. So to summarize. I don't think you need a vocabulary word. Uh, I think if you don't know each other well enough, you know when it's time to break and you could pause or just be like, look, we need a break. But if you need a good vocabulary word, how about Excelsior? I think avocado. Yeah, there but are... you eat avocados all the time. How do I know you're not just like eating an avocado? How do I know you're not asking me for an avocado? Because <laughs> how often am I eating an avocado going, avocado? You eat, you say avocado, you say like, wow, this avocado is great or whatever. You, at least twice a day. Fine. Later we can talk about whether or not we want a timeout word. Do you have any other takeaways from today's conversation? I also learned a little bit more about my own defensiveness and that that's what I'm bringing. My takeaway is more deliberate positivity, just a lot more making those positive deposits so that every once in a while, if I accidentally get contemptuous or critical, that we have that good, solid, positive foundation. And I'm looking forward to all that positivity in the morning. I can't (laughs) wait for you to start that. That's going to be... I I started started like eight years ago. (laughs) Maybe 11 years ago. You know what other relationship can use some more affection? The one that we have with our listeners. Oh! So listeners, keep that 5 to 1 or 5 to 0 ratio going. And uh, give us some love by leaving a review, passing on the show to others so we can all have better relationships in our lives. Absolutely. And with that, we'd like to say thank you for listening to Talk Psych to Me. me.